Hello everyone and welcome back to the Fatherhood Brotherhood podcast. For those that don't know, my name is Hannah. This week on the podcast I was joined by Sean from The Modern Bloke. For those that aren't following Sean, I really recommend going and following him. He's putting out some amazing content at the moment. Let's jump into the podcast. How are you on a scale of 1 to 10 today? Um, probably below about a five, um, if not below specifically today, um, because of, yeah, Brooklyn's just been really grisly, um, teething today and last couple of days we've had the whole family down and this is the first day we've got the family. So, and Danielle was working today. So, um, I think he's, he's just a little bit cabin feeder, locked inside, can't go anywhere. He's teething, he's supposed to be expecting other people to be around. Um, so he just wanted attention, hasn't wanted to be put down, hasn't been the best at eating. Slept okay, but he only does like an hour and an hour. Um, and so that's kind of just um, stress that I've absorbed and kind of like frustrations that I've absorbed. Um, and then, yeah, so probably down, but then Danielle's finished work for the day. So when she gets back from her walk, um, hopefully, you know, just, just got to breathe, let it, let it go and, um, understand that the frustrations are there for the reasons. Then tonight it's just another, you know, we restart, breathe in, let that day go through. And then we just look forward to the nighttime routine and, and stuff like that. And just, and then generally my, uh, the mental health will then go back up. I guess my uh, day will, will will go up. So, um, yeah, it's just that, just those little Very practices cool. of, of putting things into perspective um, and just understanding that there's a reason why I'm frustrated. There's a reason why I'm probably down at a four or a five today. Um, but that doesn't have to be the whole day. <laughs> and hopefully a good conversation and then a good nighttime routine and early to bed. Yeah, awesome. Uh, teasing is a fucking killer. Isn't it? Oh yeah. <laughs> We've got one tooth, uh, one tooth that's just um, not coming through, and um, yeah, it's 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 not a good thing. So Teddy was the same. He has one tooth that's like just popped through, and now three more are coming through. Yeah, we had three at the bottom and four were supposed to come at the top, but one of the four um, just is struggling to come through, and it's just giving him pain. And um, yeah, it's it, it, it's a and. Not being able to do anything is also a hard thing, but also, yeah, the uh, the, the, the grizzles that they get, um, yeah, it's, it's a very hard time. <laughs> yeah, I completely understand that. Completely. But that's uh, been my day. <laughs> yeah. Sucks. It sucks that you're inside with the rain and shit like that. You can't go out anywhere. Well, that's it, especially he loves outside and that normally calms him. So not be able to go out and just go and just go for walks and stuff just uh, really limited, um, I guess, what I could do. Fair enough. Uh, so what's been your favourite year so far and why? So um, my year is 2020. My favourite year. Um, it's serendipitous. Um, and I just get like, it's, it's a very yin and yang year. However, um, I got engaged to my fiance um, December 13th, 2019. So then you had Christmas. So in reality, the start of 2020 was the, uh, the, you know, the excitement period. And then we were going to get married and, um, and have a honeymoon and all that stuff early April. So April 18th. Mm-hmm. Um, and then COVID hit <laughs> and we had to, about three weeks before the wedding, we had to cancel the wedding. And um, then that meant no going over honeymoon. And um, so it was quite a stressful year. However, uh, because we had the wedding so, to be up so quickly, um, the commitment emotion was there. So yeah. it wasn't, we weren't left in a, um, oh, wow, we're kind of still fiancés. Technically, we are, but we were like, cool, you know, we're we're that close to getting married. There was no hesitation in that. We're pretty much married um, emotionally. And then um, we were planning to get married and then try and start a family. On the wedding day, we were going to have 
that we didn't have. So the, the day we, we, that we didn't have, we were going to have just dinner and drinks down in Sorrento in lockdown and just go, you know, let's, we would have got married. So let's just celebrate anyway. Um, Danielle wasn't feeling the best and didn't know if she should drink. Um, so we went and got a pregnancy test and found out on the day that we were supposed to be married that we were pregnant. Oh. So that was my, that was a little kind of like early 2020 um, story, which then meant that 22nd of December, um, Brooklyn was born. So it would have been, yeah, around the same time as Teddy. Around, 11 days. Uh, 11 days, there you go. Um, and, and a couple of months prior to that, we moved into the place that we're renting at the moment, kind of where we're looking to be settled for a good five to seven years. And to me, I've done a lot of stuff in my life, but one of the things I've been very nomadic and I don't think I've spent more than two years in a place um, since I was 22. Um, now 37 so the just that commitment having you know someone to settle down with having a baby on the way having a baby born having a place where I know I'm going to be there for five to seven years was a that part of um 2020 was yeah like that that's one of my best years I guess of uh that I've had that's awesome the same as me it's one of my favorite years as well and so you're um you would have a perfect year to be pregnant. Yeah, <laughs> but also the, one of the worst because um my husband wasn't able to attend any appointments. Yeah, that was that was a struggle. Um, that was a struggle. I actually had um some friends that gave that had yeah gave birth um July, and that was a struggle for them because he wasn't allowed to stick around um mm. straight after the birth, and then when they got home their family and friends weren't allowed um, around. So they had to do that themselves. So um, yeah, there was a lot of things that I had to miss as well, which wasn't great. Um, and I guess is not just for the dad, but the emotional support for you guys. Um, that, yeah. You know, you know we're, we're there for a lot. Um, it, you know, it's part of the fatherhood is a lot of emotional support for the mother. Yeah, it was, it was shit. And I'm sure it was shit for you too. But he's healthy and so that <laughs> you never that's under, all that it's 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 amazing um danielle and i reflect on it how the whole i, I don't care what it is just as long as he's, they're healthy um is just one of probably the one of the most truest statements i think i've ever heard in my life and that you don't fully get until afterwards um just the relief of having a healthy baby and it just um I, my heart goes out to anyone that doesn't. Um, I just, no matter what setback I guess I've gone through in any in my life or anyone that I know or physicality or anything like that, it's just for it to happen to a child would just, yeah, like it's just such a true statement. So I'm, I'm touched with, you know, that was my fortunate thing was that we had a healthy baby boy. Yeah, for sure. Always does gratitude, gives me gratitude whenever um, things are down. It's a good reflection piece. Yeah, for sure. I'm just so thankful that we have a healthy boy as well. Oh, uh, you can't, yeah, you can't think anything more of it. So, what was your childhood like? So, my childhood was, I think, in my experience, for my group of friends, my childhood was different. I think out of my probably 15 closest friends, there's only two of us that um, had divorced parents at, at that age. And the other one, um, they were best mates, like the parent, the mum and the dad would, the dad worked with the kind of the father-in-law, a little, sorry, the stepfather type thing. And um, it was a harmonious outcome. Um, whereas with my like upbringing um my parents divorced when i was very young and my dad was on and off um for various reasons um early on and then um probably from early teenagers to early 20s he was in wa um for a lot and there was a lot of times where i didn't really associate with him in terms of then on my mother's side um very wholesome and loving upbringing and with that came a lot of like emotional intelligence so i had an older sister and a mum. so um, i grew up in a very feminine household 
And that kind of, I, I got contradictory of how I'd been brought up to them when I started playing footy and hanging out with the boys and, you know, stuff like that and starting to experience the more masculine probably upbringing as well with my mate's dads um, and how mates that had brothers and not sisters. Um, in terms of that though, um, went through some issues where when I was about 13, my mum had brain, um, a brain tumour. So um, I still remember to this day the her um, telling my sister and I in the kitchen and it was a lot to kind of like take on um, as a young kid and kind of seeing, um, seeing my mum go through that, going through the journey she survived, which was good. She had to have brain surgery and um, then radiation therapy for a lot of years. So seeing mum... You know, bedridden and stuff wasn't the best um, for someone that takes on a lot of emotion. But um, ironically, it was also very good because it meant that um, I was very self-sufficient, um, had to cook, clean, um, organise everything and stuff. Um, we had a friend, a family friend that helped out a lot. So would drive me to the shops and stuff and to do grocery shopping and everything. Um, so that was that kind of part of growing up. And then, yeah, through... I had a, a traditional probably upbringing for a guy, a, a Aussie boy coming through playing footy, school, um, lots of mates, lots of banner, lots of rough housing. Um, I still am very close mates with the guys that I met when I was in primary school and start of high school. They're my, my closely, um, close knit group of mates. Um, but part of my journey from someone who took on a lot of emotion and was quite um, emotionally, not, not necessarily just emotionally intelligent, but um, I did absorb a lot um, or I do absorb a lot. Um, I took bullying or probably just banter um, and bullying a little bit more to heart. Um, and then through my late teens went through depression, um, which was quite a hard thing to go through as, as, a young boy and that kind of uh at that period was good because i could talk to my mum about a lot of stuff um and then understand it a lot more about what i was going through and that's kind of carried through my journey is to try and understand what's happening and why um, and go through the process so um that childhood kind of like all combined um just gave me a lot of different exposures to different parts society different parts of emotions different parts of upbringing different parts of thinking um which was a very confusing upbringing for me but through someone who overanalyzes everything it's, it's made me think differently and just quite clearer and how i can um communicate to people i guess yeah that's fair enough it must have been extremely hard for you to go through seeing your mum sick and everything yeah it's one where um I think it's that resilient side where you, you go through it and you don't realise it. Um, and, and I guess when I explain it then to my fiance, that's where a lot of it really does resonate. I don't know, my sister's had the same where um, it, it's, that was our normal upbringing. And mm. when I turn and talk to my sister, uh, sorry, to my fiance about it and go, this is what the reality was like. To her, that wasn't her reality. Thankfully, her parents, her parents are well. But um, I remember mum after surgery, so she had to have part of her skull taken off um, and surgery and then put back on. And I still remember going and seeing her and it just battered and bruised face after surgery. And, and I guess, um, yeah, it was, you, you don't realise it until afterwards. So... Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that kind of like comes with it is um, where it's just, it's a lot to take. It was a lot to take on, but it was our normal. So I guess we just, you know, we dealt with it. It's crazy. I, I can't think of what that would have been like. My parents are both fine. So it's just thankfully. <laughs> Yeah, thankfully. <laughs> um, so did that... Do you think that would have affected your mental health in a way? I think it did. Um, I haven't really reflected on how, and, and that's where it's only really unpacking it with my fiance who loves talking about all this stuff. So 
um, then you start realizing how stuff would link through to um, throughout your life. And, and you know, that it's, it's childhood trauma, but it's not probably as extreme um, as what some childhood trauma is. And it's definitely not any fault like of my mum or something like that. Um, but yeah, you just, it's how you then perceive stuff going through. So your mental health of trying to like, you know, taking all of that energy in definitely flows through because of you. And I think maybe that's why I could have been affected by a lot more, um, let's say the bullying and banter when I was a bit older, because of you're already taking on so much stuff that teenagers, teenagers take on so much stuff as it is. Um, when you've gone through that for the last couple of years, you kind of come up for, for air and then you start getting all this stuff. Um, it does kind of like wear down on you a bit. Um, but it also built um, resilience, I think. So I think it, it gave me ways to handle it. Um, talking through with the support network with even my sister, with my mum, through everything. Um, and my mum was very pro-mental health discussion. So um, being able to do that and have those discussions and work through it probably... Um, gave me a good platform to have to um, not to not be affected as much by mental health the negatives as I went on because I had those coping mechanisms and it's probably something that I look at it from a gratitude point of view that I went through that early um, and some guys I think either don't go through that process when they handle when they have any life issues but they should because the more you do it, the more coping mechanisms, the easier, and that's that building resilience is that it's, it's not about minimizing any issues that happen in the future. It's just about being able to cope with more than what you can, that life's going to throw at you. Which I think is a common mistake or, or kind of issue that people might, especially guys get um, wrong is that resilience isn't about minimizing what happens to you. It's about maximizing how you, are um, strong enough to cope with it, which makes it feel like <laughs> what's happened to you isn't as bad as what it is. Uh, it is as bad and that's part of it um, that you still need to process, but you've just got the tools and the coping mechanisms to do it. Unfortunately, generally it comes from something bad that's happened or something that sucks. <laughs> mm, yes, absolutely. 100% agree with you there. <laughs> which um, <is> good. <laughs> So you said that you uh, had depression when you were mid-teens. Yep. What's the rest of your mental health journey look like through to adulthood? Um, it's something that has stuck with me. I, what I've learned more to understand it and then putting coping mechanisms. And I guess probably what I found was when I went through depression in my teens, um, it was a lot of kind of like, I just couldn't get out of bed. And, and it was, I was just wanting to be alone and not wanting to do anything and just no energy. Um, and what I kind of like realized by thinking about it and talking about it and seeing people about it is um, it passes and I will have episodes and there may not be any necessarily triggers, but it's very much when talking, it's important to talk about mental health when you're not struggling with something. It's mm -hmm. handy, to, you know, it's beneficial to get you out of something. Like if you're struggling, it's beneficial to get you out and go see someone. That's kind of a given, you know, it's, but the preventative, and this is why it's important to talk about mental health when you are feeling good, because that's how you get your coping mechanisms. If I talk about my depression and look at coping mechanisms when I'm in a good headspace, so that when I get down that headspace, I've almost, I almost, I, I remember early 20s writing a journal to myself and it said things to remember and things to do when I have a depressive episode. But I had to write that in a, when I had a good mindset and, a, you know, a clear mindset, because when I was down in the depressive episode, um, I couldn't think straight <laughs> and everything just is, you know, everything's wrong and everything goes bad and that life isn't going to get better. 
Uh, and part of it isn't just positive motivation of life's going to get better, you know, things aren't that bad, or um, it's just this will pass. You, you know, you aren't depression. This is just an emotion that you're feeling. Um, go for a walk, go sit outside um, or, and let it pass. So I've been talking to myself when I'm going through it. And instead of saying like, you know, just be happy or just smile or just get over it or, um, you know, just it's biggest thing for me is let it pass um, throughout understanding how I deal with it. So different people are different, but that's how I've kind of been able to manage it. Good that you've been able to manage it. And it means that it, it's not going to stop. It's, there's going to be times where it's worse. There's going to be times where I go links without um, having an episode. And um, that's a reality. But that's also a, a, comfort, a comforting reality. The irony is that it's a comforting reality that, mm. you know, <laughs> it, it's something I'm going to manage. But another one of those myths if you have you know, any of the mental health issues and you go see a psychologist for it or, or at least talk to someone about it, it may not be there to, to stop it from ever happening again, but it's to give you coping mechanisms if it happens again, um, gives you things to do to prevent it from happening again and just means that you're normal. <laughs> like these things, these things happen, so... Yeah, 100%. you're definitely normal. <laughs> um, so what does positive mental health look like in your family home with your fiance and your son? Yep, um, it's a great question because if I think when we talk about mental health and I guess we'll park mental illness, so it's not about mental illness, which is then, you know, that's for a professional to deal with. And I think if you do have mental illness, it's as a guy um, where, you know, you want to help and don't want to burden your family. Um, very generalist, but I, I talk in generalizations because, you know, it tends to just help a lot more people. But an issue with guys is I don't want to burden their, their family. However, going to see a professional for mental illness um, means that it's not on your family's plate, but also you're sorting it out. And it's, um, so that's it's a handy um, point to give to any guys um, that are struggling with mental illness, then mental health, which is then, you know, where you're just not feeling yourself. Um, you know, you can be anxiety and depression and stuff, but not clinical. And you're just going through some stuff. And then positive mental health to me is where things are just rolling very well. Um, you've got to be active with it. My experience is if you're if you do nothing and you just kind of go um, subconsciously through it then you're probably going to go towards poor mental health and i think society as a whole that's the, a big issue with mental health at the moment is we're not aware of it we're not consciously doing anything about it so good mental health to me is it's as simple as at the start it's as simple as eating right lots i'm uh, going for walks sleeping right drinking lots of water right, so those four things if you're not doing that then the other stuff probably isn't going to be you know that that's that's your foundation all right and people skip over that and sometimes it's good because you can, i'll find myself falling into poor mental health and the first thing that i go back to is when was the last time i was eating right when was the last time i went for a walk and got outside when was the last time I had a good sleep and when was the last time that I drank a lot of water? Being a parent of, you know, for the last 10 months, some of those just don't get ticked off. And that's almost like what you said, uh, what we, you know, we were talking about today is I didn't eat great um, and just kind of like haven't been outside myself. And you go, cool, well, let's focus on that before we look outside. Then when you're looking more external to that is, it's supportive network, communication with your partner and understanding kind of like your triggers. So when you look at, say, with your partner, it's, you just have to have that conversation and that empathy towards each other, that things are a positive conversation. 
And when you are struggling, you're able to communicate it without um, kind of it being an argument. I think, you know, that's to me with my relationship is if I'm struggling with something and I, and I just I cringe, I cringe when I just think of how many other relationships would have this problem where it's I'm struggling with something and the answer instead of being uh, what can we do to, to minimise that or how does that fit into with a family dynamic? It just comes back as so am I, or you reckon you're struggling. What about me? Or I've been doing this and it just becomes an argument. I just, I see it happening. I've had it in different relationships. Um, whereas positive mental health in family, in my family is being able to openly communicate it and looking for solutions based, um, even if it's just, the honesty of I don't have the mental capacity to deal with this right now. Um, or well, I've got a rule with my partner that we just bring up anything because poor mental health, I can attribute to when there's an unspoken issue <laughs> there, you know, uh, and hundred, hundred percent. If you're not, it's that whole, if you're not speaking, you're storing it. And as much as it might be a friction in the relationship, if you're not talking about it, it's bringing energy into that, in that, into that relationship, into that family life. And that recently we had a, um, a conversation. I won't say what it was about, but I held on to it for two weeks and my fiance could, could feel it. And there was no real space for me to bring it out. I, I like to, make sure that there's, you know, it's in the right, if I'm bringing up an issue, it's in the right space. A lot of, you know, it's not, it's not when we're, you know, having the, the witching hour, putting Brooklyn to bed and trying to cook food up and everything like that. And I'm like, oh, by the way, I just want to throw this at you. It's all right, cool. Friday afternoon, let's make a margarita. Brooklyn's feeding or he's playing on the floor. Oh, there's something I want to talk about. Um, but it just, it was, a, it was a really bad two weeks of the relationship for a lot of tension and, then and that's part of my qualities. I don't bring stuff up probably quick enough. <laughs> um, but then once I did, um, it was such a okay, and let's talk through it, let's walk through it. Um, and then you know, a couple of days later, we're in a lot better position because I'd brought it up and my mental health, like, just was like a weight lifted. The problem was still there, but I just felt good that I could um get my thoughts out and my view out and my opinion out and it wasn't necessarily the nicest you know it wasn't something that Danielle agreed on we'll disagree on a topic but we'll work through it um so that that's you know to me that that's the most important part of my mental health is being able to talk about it without judgment with from an being received on an understanding point of view from my above and affording her the same the same when if there's any issues that she brings up absolutely i resonate with that so much because i'm exactly the same as you i store things and then i let it get to me to the point where it's like my husband's like all right you need to tell me what's going on because i know something's wrong and as soon as you talk about it it's like a full weight has just been lifted you feel so much better after it yep and it's why it's important to have that um that realization it's important in relationship communication that you understand that you're both different mm. and it's not a oh well this is who i am it's okay cool i know like yourself that i need to bring things up earlier then your partner knows as well that's hard for you so if they're someone that wants to talk straight away they then need to realize okay give you two or three days and you some you, you meet in the middle easiest way to meet in the middle is to go right if your partner is like something's up this friday we're going to we're going to chill and we're going to catch up and we're going to chat about it but I'm not going to, don't bring, and I'm not going to talk to you about it until Friday. Um, very common issue with relationships, um, especially generally it's the guy that shuts life off because of his getting stuff through the head and doesn't necessarily want to, want to 
or know how to articulate it. Um, and sometimes the, the female is wanting to talk about things. Um, it's a common thing that kind of happens. And the more that in your husband at this stage just pushes you and will be like, there's something wrong, there's something wrong. You're like, no, 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 don't worry about it. It just resets that how long it's going to take you to open up. Mm. So it's, okay, that's the dynamic. You know, if anyone's listening and that's the dynamic, just have that conversation and go, look, I just need to get stuff through my head. It's nothing major. I just, I need to articulate it um, in my head before I can articulate it to you and making sure that let's do it in a time where in a space where we're all, you know, have a glass of wine, get some nibbles out and have a chat or go for a walk and just go, right, we're going to walk around the, uh, around the lake or, you know, around the block um, and let's talk about it Thursday afternoon after work or something. Um, you're going to have a lot better of a conversation around it. I love that because I am fucking suck with words and my husband will be the first to say you suck with words <laughs> um, so taking time to think about what I want to say is probably the best thing for me and that's yeah that's really good and with that if you know that you suck with words um and I guess the issue with well I, I say you know with male, male and female because of Females are good at talking through things generally. You know, let's look at society, whereas guys aren't really as great at articulating what's going wrong with us. The second part is that then if the person that's not great at articulating things isn't going to be at the standard of the person that is great at articulating things, when a, if, if you go into that conversation headbutting or uh, argument-focused, um, even if it's just um, feelings, what you'll generally find is the person not great at articulating just feels like they're um, debating the person that is great and that person is then trying to catch them out with the way that, oh, but you said this wrong and stuff. You need to go in with, if that other person isn't great at articulating, I need to go in with, if I'm in a relationship with them, they're doing their best that they can and their intention is good. And if they slip up and say the wrong thing, because stereotypically, we probably see a lot of guys that will probably try to talk to their partners about something and maybe, maybe say the wrong thing and unintentional. You've got to say, you know, okay, that doesn't that didn't come out right. And you know, the, if the guy put your hand up, that didn't come out right. Can I have another go? <laughs> um, versus then, if because then if the partner and either gender, if the partner's then like, no, but you said this, you said that, and keeps referring to it when they've apologised you're not going to get anywhere. And then the person that's bad with words is just going to continually not want to talk. Mm, 100%. Agree with you. <laughs> um, so what is the modern bloke to you? So the modern bloke to me is basically on an individual basis, what a bloke um it's a, so the modern bloke isn't me. The modern bloke is any bloke that's out there. Their view of who they think that men should be moving forward. Uh, for women, who the modern bloke is, is who they want the men to be moving forward. So there is no one person. There is no right answer. However, if we're looking towards the future with the conversation happening, we're going to be in a lot better position than if we look towards the past and don't have any conversation around it. Um, one, I say, I talk about blokes culture and I talk about the modern bloke is about evolving blokes culture, not changing it. I found previously there's a lot of discussions around um, changing blokes culture that I didn't like the conversations. And as soon as you say changing, it means it just has that insinuation that it's wrong. Whereas evolving is that going, okay, well, what do we want to keep that's doing great? There's so much amazing stuff about being a bloke and, the, and being a man. Um, let's have the raw conversation about what are we doing wrong and what can we, leave, like, what can we get out of our culture? Um, and then let's drop the ego and let's look outside and look at different cultures and what we can bring in. What's, what's, and Talking through mental health is a good one because if you go, it, it opens up that conversation of 
what's good and bad mental health and what's good for you and bad, bad for your mental health. We just had a conversation about uh, verbalizing and communicating your emotions and your opinions and your decisions um, and like what's going on in your head is good for your mental health. So let's bring into the blokes culture and the modern blokes is still whatever you want to keep in the culture of, you know, banter or going and watch the footy and, you know, whatever you want. But let's bring in the positivity that we should be able to communicate well. So uh, what that then is that the brand of what the modern bloke is, is hopefully you see other blokes and boys growing up saying, I want to be, I'm, I'm a bloke, I'm growing up. One of the attributes that a, a modern bloke or a bloke or a guy um, has in society is a good communicator. So that's the North Star of, that I'm going to look for versus the brand of if we just see a Homer Simpson or um, out there as we grow up and we only see that guys aren't great communicators and that's kind of the rhetoric that we see, well, that's just what you become. So if you say the modern bloke is someone that can communicate and articulate their feelings really well, then that's your North Star and you start gravitating towards learning how to do that. That's awesome. That's so, so, so good. And with, and, and with women, it's communicating what you expect from men in society um, and not but as a positive North Star moving forward. So it's not um, shame, for instance. Like if you're a woman saying, like, you know, this is what I want for men, it's taking the conversation away from, I don't want them to do this. Mm. Or men only do, you know and and it's just so problematic when you get you know um and, and there's a couple of women that follow the modern bloke and we do some collaborations and one of the things that they are strong with as well is that the women that are like here's this positive man in the news and all the comments are oh there's no men like that or where do you find them there's none around me and rah, rah. and they say well that's you're going to manifest the wrong people if that's what you think so it's about um showcasing what you see as the modern bloke what are you going to respond to if you're dating and single what, who are the people that you're going to go on dates with what are the values and attributes they're going to do and um, because of men will then gravitate towards doing that if you know if your international men's day is coming up in a couple of in two weeks so i just implore everyone to get behind international men's day and showcase what you love about men because those are the values that then every other bloke is going to see boys are going to see growing up and go okay cool now you're starting to communicate what you want me to be um on the flip side i advocate even more for men to support women on international women's day <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> but yeah so that's that's the term of the modern bloke um in terms of yeah then the business side of it is facilitating those conversations, showcasing the, those positive attributes. Uh, I call it the brand of man as well, where I just want to showcase that um, there are just you know, millions of guys out there um, and guys that see it and go, that is actually what I want to be or who I think I am. I just don't feel that I can do that maybe in society or um, just don't get the recognition. And fatherhood is, you know, could be an example where um, we showcase great fathers and then we're going to have more, the more we showcase great fathers, the more we're going to get better fathers. 100%. So important to showcase great fathers. I'm so sick of those TV shows that show the fathers as buffoons because they're definitely not more than and capable of anyone. Hundred percent. And what I know, Woolworths had a great ad. Um, there was a good, a great Google ad that was out through the footy season as well, which had um, an immigrant father and his daughter was playing AFL, came to play football, and that's how they got into the community. And um, it had him cooking the barbecue beside the, you know, beside the game, and um, taking his daughter to the to the training and. Um, one of the kids said oh, to the daughter, oh, you had a blinder. And then you're seeing Google, what is a blinder? Because <laughs> he had no idea about football. And he just 
just a wholesome father. Um, just a, a, a struggling, you know, father's come over, just wants the best, supports his daughter. Now, that is going to be not, I don't know the specifics of this, but to me, that is 100 times more going to change society for the better by putting that on and not being tokenism or trying to, you know, push it or anything like that, but just have it as normal where dads and boys are going to grow up going, cool, as a father, I should be the one that's supporting my daughter playing AFLW and cooking and cooking, you know, food on the side and um, versus a campaign shaming men. Mm. So, yeah, that, that, that was a beautiful ad, so. Yeah, I would say that, but it sounds good. I'll send it to you, but the more that we do that, and I see, and, and there is a lot more coming up um, and, and brands and companies that are getting on board with it um, and realising, you know, they showcase that father figure being strong and capable. Um, and that's that's going to change a, a lot of society. That's so good. Um, so you do brewery workshops. Can you yep. talk to us about that and what do they entail? Yeah, so Blokes and Brews is a workshop that was started just before COVID hit. So we haven't done too many of them because we haven't been allowed to go to breweries. Um, but it's simply your local brewery, catch up for a workshop. All it is is guys in the area just come for, it's about an hour and a half. The brewery talks to the blokes about the beer. We facilitate the workshop talking about pretty much what we've just spoken about and then um, doing some just games and activities for introducing people and just kind of like breaking down that walls because of I don't like hinting. I prefer to say to guys, you need to connect to, you know, that stays off loneliness and depression versus trying to like pussyfoot around it and trying to get them to connect. It's like, no, no let's be upfront. And one of it is loneliness is, leads to depression and loneliness is an epidemic in America and it's definitely... Um, an issue in Australia and a lot of it is because of guys aren't great at making new friends especially after say your early 20s mm -hmm. and you know a lot of nomadic lifestyles as well um we tend to be our partner's our partner's friend their husband is you know who we can like connect with and stuff and we do lose a bit of and we don't necessarily connect even with our friends as much as we should so I'm a classic example or was a classic example that um, I'd go to the pub with my mate and my, get home and my partner would be, oh, how was, you know, how was James? Oh, God, he's good. How did he go at his job interview last week? And I'm like, oh, um, I don't know. Um, oh, that's all right. No, no, that's no problem. But um, he's, how, did, how did their um, trip go three weeks ago? I'm like, yeah. Um, Got to, didn't ask, um, didn't, didn't really ask that. And so like, what the hell did you talk about? I'm like, oh, we watch football and drunk a lot. Um, so it's about facilitating that guys need to start asking these questions. We need to build that connection because we bring that into the culture, loneliness and depression, they're going to decrease naturally versus focusing on loneliness and depression, but not solving the connection part. So that's the discussions we have at Blokes and Breweries. It's um, local breweries, so people can meet people in their own area. And when we've had Zoom meetings, when we've had um, in workshops, um, I, I ran a workshop and one of the guys um, in my local one, and one of the guys was someone that I grew up, we're 40K away from where we live, and we grew up in the same court. And he moved oh, wow. around the corner. So, so yeah, so now all of a sudden I've got someone in my area that I can talk to a lot more and so does he. And now um, we've already had a chat about and then it's opening up those conversations in the workshop of just the importance of uh, what are some life issues and just saying that if you say, how's, say your relationship, you know, um, if my mate says, how's Danielle? And I would normally go, oh yeah, okay. How's his relationship? Yeah, okay generally what will happen is that will happen six times in six months until the seventh month and the answer is oh we're actually getting a divorce um and it's like well hang on mate i've asked you every month for the last six months and it's like oh yeah but it wasn't that bad i didn't think i'd bring it up the communication part with your mates is saying that week 
oh, sorry, month two or three, if shit's not right, bring it up. And surprisingly, when we do that as guys, we actually have great, we're, we're great at listening. We realize that some of the common problems that have happened in relationships happen in every relationship. And they can work, help you work through it. I've got, I open up to my mates all the time and I've got some great tips of how um, parenting, stressful parenting, um, you know, going, same thing people ask. And it's, you know, how was, how is it, you know, having a six month old when he was, you must have loved it. And I go, actually, it's pretty hard. <laughs> and they're like, and they're like, oh, okay. I thought it was going to be the whole, you know, oh yeah, everything's lovely. It's best thing ever. I'm like, no, it's, it's pretty hard. And some of them have said, yeah, I struggle with that too. And I'm like, well, I would never have known. You've had, you know, you've got a five-year-old. I didn't know that four, you know, four and a half years ago you were struggling with this. He gave me some tips. Makes it a lot better. If we mm-hmm. can do that a lot more and just showing that, guys, it can just be as simple as catching up once a month at the local brewery, having a couple of beers with intent to just talk about stuff can be a game changer. That's awesome. And you so need that too. And communicate like, <laughs> communicate with your partner and say, you know, this is why I'm going there because of guys as well, you know, especially partners with fathers, they don't want to put it, they don't want to put people out. So you, you mm-hmm. either get, they don't want to put it, people out, oh no, you know, and mums are the same, you know, they don't want to, they just, bur- they want to take everything on. But it's, you go out for coffee or wine with your friends and talk about them. And then once a month, I'll go out with my mates to catch up and, you know, we'll put a budget for, you know, a couple of beers or a couple of wines and understanding that we both need to do that for our mental health. We both need, need that connection with our friends. We need that outlet. And it doesn't have to always be going out with the same thing. And it could, um, which I think is undervalued. And then you, if you don't do that, then we have, issues with mental health 100%. and i think as well um the issue that people have with having it at a brewery and alcohol and mental health is breweries are very communal mm. but also it is a lot about the beer and appreciation of the beer not just the alcohol um but we all enjoy a nice beer so it's changed our relationship you know tuesday night and just have one or two couple of mid strengths go out for a chat, come back, go with intent. Awesome. That's so good. And, and, and it's going well. <laughs> it's going well, which is good. And, um, yeah, so if, any, if anyone's listening, the idea being is that I want to get it at every brewery to have that kind of like workshop or at least have that almost like a neighbourhood watch where people go once a month and they know that whoever's there for a beer just wouldn't mind the chat or is new. So that doesn't have to, this is probably the other thing that we talk about, doesn't have to mean that you're going to a brewery to go, my life sucks. Mm. Preventative is just going to the brewery and asking your mate how they're going or just going and just chatting and being around people. And sometimes you don't even have to talk. You don't have to drink. You don't have to do anything. Sometimes like if you're in a group, it's just being around people is positive for our mental health. And it can be a positive thing. So making sure that of the year, say you catch up once every month of the year, there might only be three or four times that something's actually wrong, but you keep that regular up and then you celebrate when things aren't are going good. And you'll be like, you know, how good it would be. You go there and you're with your mate and you're like, oh, how's, you know, how, how was work? You were stressful over work last month. And you're like, oh yeah, no, I spoke to my boss, like you said, things are actually good. Um, cheers. Mm. <laughs> like, that's awesome. That's so good. Um, so I think we'll wrap up because I'm just mindful of the time. Um, mm-hmm. But the the last two questions that I wanted to ask were, what is some advice that you would give to new fathers? Okay. There's so much advice and <laughs> I'm receiving advice every day and I'm, and um, the number Probably the couple, the, the top couple um, would be that this is just a really hard time of life. So you know, top three. First one is this is a really hard time of life. Be kind to yourself. Um, if you can't eat right, if you can't exercise right, if you're not getting enough sleep, um, if you don't know what to do, ask, reach out for help. 
Um, so it's just, it's, especially, well, I mean, I'm only 10 months in, but I'm told the first year. So especially um, the first six and then, you know, first three and then six and nine months, it's just really hard. Um, so go easy on yourself. And if you need to talk to someone because you're struggling with a, a three-month-old that's got colic and he's up for, you know, four nights out of seven and you're lacking off sleep and talk to your boss about it because most of them have kids, um, just... It's tough and people accept support. Um, let's say first two, three months of being a dad, um, if anyone comes over to see the kid, they have to bring up, they have to bring a plate of food and have to clean up anything that's around before they go. If they don't want to do that, they don't get to see a kid. Um, that was my rule. And so the first, that's the first one. Uh, the second one is communication. So communicate with your partner, just constant. Um, things change with the kid. So just constant communication with your partner about how things are going, asking them if there's anything else you can do, um, understanding that it's just stressful time for both of you. You're going to, um, you know, even after sometimes after an argument, just do the whole, okay, we just, things were heated. Um, was that a relationship issue or was that we've got a three-month-old baby issue? If it's a three-month-old baby issue, forget about it. Yeah, okay, cool. Let's just wipe that under the, under the bridge for a bit. Um, and communicate if you're struggling. I, I struggled for a bit, um, especially some of the nights and stuff. And it, it felt hard, felt selfish communicating to my partner who's had it worse than I did, that I was struggling. But at, at the end of the day, my struggle was still real. Um, and, and we just worked through it and put in some, place, um, some things into place. So um, communicate with your partner. Um, I forgot the third one he said, oh, yeah. <laughs> There was, <laughs> but there was, yeah. So you, you um, just understand. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So understand it's a real fight of life. Communicate with your partner. One that I did, and I've spoken to a lot of guys as well that are parents, first time parents especially. Um, just embrace that part of your life now, um, because your life is going to change for the good, for the better, and the worse sometimes. Um, you're only in a snippet for the first period, you know, it does, it gets better with say social issues and social life and stuff. Um, but I know I was constantly being like, oh shit, I'm not going out here or I don't have time to do this. I'm not getting the gym enough. I'm not reading enough. I'm not playing sport enough. Um, it was just a big mental help when I just got myself through and go, let's just embrace everything that comes forward now because this is my life. And doesn't mean my life wasn't better or worse, but don't have one foot in the past and one foot in the present because it's going to drive you nuts. Mm, absolutely. That's good advice. And what advice would you give to someone that is struggling with their mental health? If you're, if, if you're struggling for more than two weeks, especially um, on something like an anxiety, depression, et cetera, but for anything, um, go see a psychologist. I know um, in Melbourne, there's bloke psychology that do amazing work, um, but just so go to your GP, get a mental health plan and then go to find a psychologist and your GP could probably recommend someone as well. That's solving a problem. So as a guy, don't look at it as a weakness, look at it as something, there's an issue that's going wrong. Um, I, I want to solve it for the betterment of myself and my family um, and my um, overall quality of life. Don't be ashamed of anything that's going wrong because it's reality. Like it's, I, people say, you know, we're human and everything. Like, it's just reality. We're living, in, we're living in a stressful environment and our bodies are just, they're all relatively the same. So if it's a physiologic, physiological issue, you're not weak because your body is just, or your brain chemicals is just doing something. Um, it's just, that's just the body that you get. Um, so there's no shame in talking to someone about it. It's actually, I, rec I commend people to talk about it because it shows that you're actually sorting stuff out. Um, and then read and follow pages, um, psychology pages, blokes like what I'm doing um, to realize just kind of, help the learning curve get a bit quicker. So there might be things that you're listening to this podcast, you're listening to another podcast, you're reading a page and just follow them and stuff will pop up and every now and then one of them will click and you'll go, okay, that I relate to. And instead of that being a six month process, 
all of a sudden you've read an article or listened to a podcast that's made it work for you. And it could just be what we've spoken about with communication to your partner. And you go, well, great. Instead of another six months of arguing with my partner, I'm going to go implement that now. And that's going to help us a lot more. So um, go and get help. Even if it's talking to a mate, even if it's talking to your partner, uh, try and separate a lot of it. Like you don't have to tell everyone, but don't load everything up on your partner, um, which is, can be a common thing for partners to do. Um, do see a, psycho, a, a professional. It doesn't have to be forever. Um, even myself, you know, it could be two years between seeing my psychologist. Just depends on what's happening with life. Um, and then, yeah, don't feel ashamed. And in saying that as well, don't feel ashamed speaking to your mate about it. What you'll generally find, what I found through my whole process of the modern bloke and blokes and brews is that every guy goes through the same shit. They just, it's just different stuff. If they say there's 10 things, everyone will go through three or four. They're just all different three or fours. Um, so you'll find someone that's probably gone through it. Um, and amazingly, given the space, guys are great. Like it, it's one of the most, and, and a good thing to finish on because it's one of the most profound things that I've found over the last two, three years of doing this. We don't give guys enough credit as to how good they are at listeners, how good they are at talking things through. We're great, too good at problem solving sometimes because we go straight to that. But given you make an opportunity, often their judgment is in your head. And when you actually open up, they are going to be there for you. And they probably have similar experiences or have similar thoughts about how you can deal with it. And the more that we all do that, I'll say vulnerability breeds vulnerability. The more that you speak up with your mates, the more that it just becomes normal that you talk about stuff. Um, so, yeah, give your mates credit that they'll be there for you. That's so good. Um, so for people looking to get in touch with you or to follow you on Instagram or anything like that, where can they find you? Yeah, so the best is at Instagram at the moment, so at The Modern Blokes. Um, from that, you can link through The Blokes and Brews and through to my podcast as well, um, The Modern Bloke Podcast, where same thing, just share guys' um, stories and some people that are help, um, helping. So get through there. With that as well, um, comment, interact on the page, on any post that you find. And my suggestion, it's not to build the audience, but if you see something that resonates, comment on it or share it, tag us in it. The reason being is that blokes don't generally um, want to be told what to do. However, if you've got a mate that might be struggling, um, and it's a rule of seven. If you're with a mate that might be struggling, he doesn't want to reach out because if he thinks that he's the only one going through it, um, if you're telling him, talk to someone, he may not. But if you share every now and then something from my page or bloke psychology or someone else's page, for instance, they start just being exposed to it and it breaks down those walls. And then they're like, oh, and oh, it happens all the time with people that respond to me. They're like, oh, sharing some stuff. And then six months later or two months later, a mate reached out and said, oh, I noticed that you share stuff pro-positive mental health. Um, do you mind if we chat? Mm. Or I wasn't going to go and see a psychologist, but I noticed that you, you were posting a lot of, like, I trust you, I value you, and you post a lot of stuff. Also, then they come onto our page and then they see comments from people and they go, okay, first thing I'm going to do, if I'm not keen on this space, I'm going to check this page out and I'm going to look at, say, a post and go, cool, I resonate with that, but I'm also going to check how it's interacted. And if no one's interacting with it, that's kind of a confirmation bias as, oh, no other guy, no other guy resonates with that. If they see a lot of discussion and a lot of, and then, you know, they, we're natural humans of in, um, interest, they'll click on, okay, who's been discussing it? If that's a bloke that they go, shit, that's someone that I'd probably be at the pub with, kick a footy with, went to school with, hang out with. And they're commenting on this post positively. I feel comfortable that I can do that. Mm -hmm. So just yeah. So, so yeah, if you go to the page and that, and same thing with your podcast, if you get a podcast that you listen to, and even if there's a snippet of it, put it on your Snapchat, put it on your story and be like, oh, I really liked listening to this from this person. Because um, then that person, your, your mate might just go, um, I'll go and listen to that. I really appreciate you jumping on. It was fantastic to have a chat with you. 
Thank you. So I hope you have a good rest of your night. And... <laughs> so do I. And thank <laughs> you. Enjoy the yeah. witching hour. And thank, and thank you for having us on. And just great work with the podcast um, and, and your page that you're doing as well, uh, especially the more um, women as well that we can have representatives um, just breaks down any barrier and says we're all in it together. Absolutely. Agreed. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> thank you. Enjoy your night. <laughs> thank you. Bye, Hannah. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast and I really hope that you enjoyed it. If you could jump over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review, that would be incredible. Otherwise, I hope you have a good rest of your week. Bye.